0: cornerstone center for the arts where art and community come together you are now listening to the cornercast the official cornerstone center for the arts podcast with event updates special guests music and more Greetings, it's John Coffee with another episode of the CornerCast. And for our Artist of the Month segment this month, we have Anwar Frazier. He's uh, going to be bringing some art, some cultural art, to the uh, Judith Barnes Memorial Art Gallery for the month of March. And we're going to have a discussion with him today about his background in art, how long he's been doing it, and what some of his inspirations are. How are you doing today, sir? I'm all right. How you doing? Doing great, doing great now um could you give us a bit of background for the listeners out there what, what inspired you to originally get involved in art man i've been drawn
1: since i was a
0: could remember so i've been in it since i was a kid about how old would you say oh uh, man five four five six when did you start uh thinking that maybe this could be a career for you was it in your your teenage years or young adult later adult oh yeah <laughs> yeah after a few trial and errors right it was a learning experience, I see? Yeah, yeah,
1: I didn't realize it till, man, I was probably about 22, 23 or
0: something. And what was that point when you were that age that made you think, hmm, maybe I could, maybe that I'm onto something here. What what was it, was it one piece of art that somebody requested or just something you did on your own that was like, okay, this is this is something I can do? Nah, actually, I was on a little vacation,
1: as they say. <laughs> yeah. In my younger years, wow, well, and I was incarcerated, so mm-hmm. I had to figure out a way like I said, I always been drawing, so I had to figure out a way in there to try to get me some commissary money or whatever. Right. So you ain't got to bother the family and whatnot. But uh, I always been drawing, like I said. So I just started drawing. People who was buying pictures from me. I was in I was in in prison selling pictures for like hundred and twenty five, a picture. Whoa! Right. And I couldn't believe it because everybody else in there was struggling for twenty dollars, ten dollars.
2: Right.
0: They buying my pictures and portraits for 100 dollars. So so that was like kind of like a blessing in disguise. You came out, you came yeah. out with a whole new industry for yourself. Yeah, I had to
1: realize, I'm like, if it took care of me in here for some years, I know it could
0: take care of me out there. Like right. I just gotta switch it up and do it out there. So before that, were you, would you say that you weren't really taking the art seriously or you didn't see it as a viable, like, income source? Nah, I knew nothing about it. I just used to draw, You to hear about artists.
1: Everybody tried to tell me go art school, do this, do that. But I never seen nobody sell it or make any, a living off of it. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So, but once I got it, like I said, I started making a living off of it. I was like whoa, I ain't even know
0: the people really making money like this. I'm... So when you uh, afterwards called yourself a free man, how uh, invested were you in the art as soon as you got out? Was that something you jumped right into as, as like a career choice? Or uh, Yeah, it was right out the gate. Mm-hmm. I had
1: tattoo guns waiting because I was tattooing in there also. So mm-hmm. I had tattoo guns waiting on me as soon as I got out. Mm-hmm. And was telling people I might not be in the best. <laughs> right, I was still doing the learning curve, but I was I was just on the grind, trying to right. tattoo whoever I could or draw a picture for whatever logo, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Took some years to get, you know, what I mean, into fruition, but. Yeah, I stayed at it. And uh, here at the CornerCast, that's what we always uh, discuss. When we deal with artists, it's always best to stick with it because you never know what it can turn into. I mean, when people give up, you'll never know how, how far you can take it. And sometimes, like you just said, it can uh, that inspiration can come in, in situations that you might not expect. Yeah. Now, moving on to uh, the gallery that you're going to be doing this month. Uh, could you tell us a little more about the pieces of art that are in this gallery? Uh, basically, just random pieces from my collection. I picked a few out, probably about 15 to 20. I saw some of your art online. Some of them are more, uh, I would say, political or about current events in the black community. Do you think that uh, a lot of your art leans toward that? Or just is that just when you're inspired to do that type of thing? Yeah, it's definitely
1: leaning towards that. I feel like if I'm just drawing like a celebrity portrait or something, like it don't mean nothing. But if I'm drawing something that's relevant in today's world, people you know gonna gravitate towards it more definitely yeah and I need like I said I'm want to represent the people that is for right so they're always
0: represented in art in terms of the political type of art were you doing that from the very beginning or or is that something you kind of like found your way into as time went by yeah at first it
1: was trying to
0: draw a celebrity or Beyonce or somebody portrait
1: like that you know yeah what I mean? yeah but then like I said I wanted my art I got to thinking everybody's doing that like yeah plus I stay watching the news I stay reading newspaper I stay up on current events like right. every day so I'm always thinking about stuff overseas refugees stuff like that definitely Like got, I got a picture of that of the refugees coming over on the boat that was sinking mm-hmm. so I just represent for all people really that that I see that
0: I can feel see the right. struggle with I'm gonna put that in some art definitely Uh, one thing that uh a lot of artists kind of stumble with is actually approaching a topic that is close to your heart instead of trying to do what what you think people want to see. Yeah. Because you'll find out that a lot more people relate to your opinion or your perspective than you might have thought instead of just trying to, okay, I got to do this type yeah. of song or this type of picture because this is what, what people are going to like. If you just come from the heart, it's more sincere and I think people gravitate more towards that type of uh, information yeah definitely I was all the way in Florida with the refugee picture it's a it's you
1: know dark skin tone people coming over on the boat you can mm-hmm. tell what it what it is mm-hmm. I'm in Florida at a uh, art show and like Russian people uh, all type of people was just they couldn't help but stop and look at right. it because some of that people were going through whatever right. whatever you know right. what I mean they just felt it so I was like yeah So did
0: you end up selling that piece, that particular piece? Nah, not that one. I still got, I'm bringing it to the show. Uh, So in terms of your art that holds a special place in your heart, do you ever find that if you take something or you're about to set up stuff for a show, because you told me beforehand that you've done a lot of shows, do you ever get uh, a feeling like, I don't want to sell this one, I want to keep this one? Nah. You ready to let them all go? Yeah, as long as the
1: price (laughs) is right though, I ain't gonna (laughs) let it go. (laughs) I ain't going to cut myself, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, you're going to
0: make sure it's high enough yeah, to where, yeah. you know. That might be a way to trick yourself into keeping it, though, you know, if you if you really like it
1: yeah i mean i got pictures that i really like so you know what I'm but saying? you still if
0: the, if the price is right
1: huh? yeah the price is right i'm a a yeah. businessman about it because i just yeah. have to go in the lab and paint another one <laughs> yeah i feel you yeah
0: it's that's a good way to look at it you know it's a never-ending uh creative process you just yeah. replace it now what, what are some of the the most expensive pieces you've uh sold in in what places man the most i probably got was probably about twenty-two hundred. oh yeah yeah that was
1: i think that was two pieces a few years ago mm-hmm but I've, I've been to art shows in New York, mm. uh, New Jersey, Florida, Atlanta, Chicago. I just just been on the grind and seeing everybody else make. You know what I'm saying? Right. A pile of money to, to keep you at it, cause it's it's a world you got to get into. You can't just right pop in and say, oh, I got some good art. Right. And it's gonna sit. Mean, you gotta circulate, might. huh? Yeah. You gotta you gotta network some people got to know, real collectors got to hear about you, mm-hmm. and those are people that really got the money, so you got to put the grind in.
0: So what was the, what was your favorite uh, place that you traveled with art for an art show? And I love New York
1: off top, because I done been there before that, but I just love New just York. Just like the shirt fast. says, huh? I love New York. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's fast paced, like, yeah. they really don't sleep. Yeah, New York, I love, Miami, Miami too, though, was jumping, because they got the... Uh, the little neighborhood, uh, Winwood. Wynwood, yeah, that's I'm talking about art for blocks and blocks, really. People that's really buying and supporting art and do it on a daily basis. How often does that happen? Is this like a yearly art event yeah, on this, uh, in this area? Yeah, they have it every year. I forget that's on some tip of my tongue, but it's what? one of the famous, most famous art
0: shows. What's the last time you went About 2019, hmm. 2019, yeah. You plan on going back football? soon? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm everything's opening back up
1: now. So yeah, I'm putting my uh, little schedule together for this year now trying to mm-hmm. See
0: where, cuz I'm gonna go on a whole road tour Would you be interested in doing uh, like uh, have you ever incorporated music in the art show? At all I haven't
1: but cuz I haven't had my own personal one yet, but right? You know I mean, that's definitely something yeah. Cuz you gotta have music. I mean, yeah, and then have it represented with the art like if somebody rap or sing about what I just drew
0: or paint or something. The same theme. Yeah, that'd be dope. So if you had like a presentation, like 10 pieces of art all representing the same thing and then you have artists that are like into that type of, uh, that type of vibe. everybody could rap, you know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be nice. That might be something that we could
1: network on and make happen. Yeah, because everybody getting the same message out. Everybody getting their message out
0: that they want to get out, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a possibility. As far as currently, you, you have this uh, this studio that you have, and uh, what's the location of the studio here in Muncie? It's over there, uh, 1700 East Memorial. Okay, and that's, uh, is there a name? It's
1: the rumor? Rama R- R- Art Nation. Rama Art Nation, nice. A.K.A. Guerrilla
0: uh, Hustle Headquarters. <laughs> that's what's up. My clothing line I'm going to be coming with. It. And you have uh, you sell clothing and you do art on clothing. You do art, candles, uh, tattoos, a variety yeah. of different things. And if someone would want to uh, contact you or come check it out, uh, is there any way they can get hold of you online or? Yeah, I'm on Facebook at Anwar Ramah Fraser. That's A N W A
1: R, R U H M A, Fraser with a Z. And I'm on Instagram at Rama Art Nation. Snap same. Or you can just text me if you want some tattoos or something. My number is open. It's
0: 317-514-2060. All right. Now, uh, as far as business, with the uh, promotion of it online, do you get a lot of good responses from places outside of Muncie on social media? Yeah, and I've been networking with people. You know what I
1: mean? When I was doing the shows our mm. shows in and out of town, I always was connecting with people and stuff getting their Facebook and, and seeing you know what I mean, staying in contact with them. So mm-hmm. I get a pretty good support. Like the candles, I be having to ship out boxes all the time to Georgia, nice. St. Louis, stuff like that. So
0: those are selling, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a separate segment. This is, I'm, I'm interviewing you now for the Artist of the Month, but there's a segment called Local Focus. We might have you back on for that one because that's more of like a businessman side of things. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I try to touch on uh, a lot of different uh, business, you know, entrepreneurs here in town that uh, are trying to, you know, come up using their talent and ability and focus. Yeah, that's what you gotta do, because it's it's, that's the only way to get out the, out
1: the rut. <laughs> right,
0: definitely. <laughs> So uh, is there anything else you would like to say to the listeners out there?
1: Come support the shop. You can, Like I said, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook. You can come up to the shop. I'm usually in there every day after 10 a.m. until, because I tattoo all day. What's the address again? 1700 East Memorial
0: Drive, Muncy, Indiana. Yeah, and uh, I did want to say, um, I wanted to ask you if you had any uh, like encouraging words or words of inspiration for up and coming artists out there, musicians that are just, you know, stuck in a rut or a certain spot and need some kind of motivation to uh, continue what they're doing. Man, you just gotta keep at it. That's like, I be
1: hearing a lot of people say that, like that answer be, seem to be irrelevant now, but that's the truth. Yeah. Like, you got to keep at it, like, cause I, done, I do candles, customized shoes, tattoos, paint pictures, oil paints, I do everything art at my art studio and like I can't stop because I always got to order. I always got to, even when things are slow, like
0: you just got to keep going because you never know what break is going to come. Exactly. And uh, I like to say there's a little uh, phrase I use. I didn't make it up, but I heard somebody else say success is found at the point where preparation and uh, opportunity connect. Right. So you gotta be prepared for the opportunity. Only way you're gonna stay prepared for opportunities is if you keep working and have a good work ethic. Yeah, cause I prepared for, like I
1: researched everything I do, I researched it for mm-hmm. months, like, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. But yeah, the motivation to the up and coming artists or musicians or whoever, business people, whoever, like I say, you just gotta keep at it, do it, but make sure you pro- making a profit. Right, Even if you ain't making a profit, you got to make sure it's a profit coming in the long run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't just be doing it for for nothing. Right. Some kind of profit. Yeah, because I mean, unless you got money to support doing yeah. it for the love. That's how I Like when the tattoos slow down, my candles might help pick right. some
0: of the money i lose. If something else slow down, then customizing shoes might kick in. That's them revenue streams. That's yeah. what people, you gotta have multiple revenue streams. Multiple irons in the fire, they say. Yeah. So that way, in case one thing doesn't work out, you got something to fall back on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you, and we'll have you back again, like Thank I much. said, for our other segment to talk more about your uh, business ventures. Ah, uh, yeah, appreciate you having me. Thanks for coming through. Anwar Frazier, Rumah Art Nation. Yes, indeed. segment where we interview local artists and the people that we have the pleasure of interviewing today are tme collectively um consisting of dexodus who we interviewed before and also we have prophet and infinity today who are going to discuss some of their inspirations what got them into their current craft of hip-hop music so uh if you guys could give us an idea of what role you play in this thing called tme
2: Hey, okay, so my name is Prophet and uh, I'm pretty much the one that started it all and um, I started it back in 2016 I would say and uh, then I took it a little more serious the next year, brought on Infinity to the group and we started collectively doing shows together and doing music together and then a couple years later Dexodus joined into the group and then we became a full Little, not necessarily trio, but we just, we like to perform together, but we are, we built that. And that's my main role is pretty much just, I wouldn't say the
3: manager of it all, but I would say like, yeah, we, we all play our parts pretty well. Yeah, my name is uh, Infinity. Um, I'm a solo artist. I kind of just freelance and do my own thing. I don't necessarily have any solo projects out. I am working on it though, have been for a long time. Uh, I more or less play the role of hype man and really getting the crowd's energy up during the show Um, but I need the crowd to give it back to me so I really reciprocate off of how the crowd feels and based off of how what I get from them that's what I give back to them but I always try to keep it going you know keep it real lit and yeah that's pretty much the role that I play
0: that's what's up um I did want to ask you a prophet um, if you could, since you started the label, yeah. if you could, you know, there in hip hop there are subgenres. If you could give a specific subgenre to each member of TME, do you think you'd be able to do that to classify them? Are you are you guys? Do you guys have yeah. different vibes and approaches to it?
2: Yeah, we all we all have our own sound, but a similar sound in our own way as well. So, I think collectively, I am more of a trap. But I have my singing sides too, right? And I would say Infinity has more of the hip hop and lyrical side, and, and just deeper. And and then Dexodus has more of a he also has some of what a just I, what I'd call a just rap pop almost because he can sing with it too. He has right. a lot of vibes with it, and mm-hmm. uh, but he still has lyrics. So each of us bring our own thing to the table, right? And uh, yeah, I man, it's I think it's a great thing to have all three of us. Like I said, if we do songs together, it's an it's a great sound, too, so.
0: Yeah, that's, a, a chemistry is hard to find often, and when you find it, you should hold on to it because Definitely. I think that, you know, great material comes from uh, people that work together to have good chemistry. Um, as far as your shows, uh, you're renowned from stage performances. Uh, what kind of artists would you name as some of your inspirations to how you approach your stage performances?
2: <laughs> um, I would honestly... I would put that all to Ghost Maine. Um, oh, yeah. We saw him in like Suicide Boys and uh, all the energy they would bring and um, I got the chance to open for him in 2017 and once I saw him live too that brought me a, a whole new mind state of the energy you can bring right. while you're still doing your music because mm-hmm. I, you know, I just kind of thought it was more hey let's just go up here rap to your thing but then when I saw what all he could do mm-hmm. that really inspired me. Right.
3: For me personally. Um, I would have to say uh, XXX Tentacion and uh, Lil Peep personally for me. They had just a way of making a crowd move like I've never seen anyone else, and right. I just I, I inspire and thrive to be able to do that myself. That's why I'll go up there and take my shirt off. I'll jump into the crowd. I've right. climbed walls, stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> I, I just like to do get a little crazy up there. Definitely
0: a key element of a good performance is is putting your soul into it definitely. Now as far as releases, just a few minutes ago you were telling me you have uh
2: three solo albums, Prophet? Yes, yes I do. Um I had one, the first one I had was American Prophecies Trap Nation, that was 2017, 2018 I had Trap Jesus, and then just in 2021 was Mask, and they all had their own individual sound. Really, right. they all had their own thing. Um as far as upcoming work, I actually have singles coming uh, one coming March 11th which is Bottle Up and uh, I'm really excited for that one actually and then also in April 8th I have a single Wow with Dub Ducey on it and that one is just a club banger it it's one of those ones man I I can't wait for that one too right we need to get uh, Dub Ducey on here for an interview
0: definitely now out of your three uh already released albums which one would you say is your favorite
2: me personally, I would have to go with Mask because that that one was really kind of where I took a different direction and mm-hmm. what resonated to who I am and mm-hmm. it really built me as the artist is Mm -hmm. who i am because i got to explain different things and and talk about things not everyone necessarily wanted to and Mm -hmm. i brought a new thing to the table
3: i think everyone in tme would collectively agree that mask is his best work yeah i think so too yeah
2: and where's that available that's
0: available on all streaming Uh, services
2: on spotify itunes everywhere you can find it you can find it okay so how many tracks is on that album uh nine nine Nine. you got any uh guest features on there um yeah i actually have marquise marquise mcclendon here Mm -hmm. from Marquise. yeah yeah definitely um and of course i got the got the homies on it i got infinity and and dexodus on it um do i have i don't think i have any other because i kind of much yeah i kept it pretty much for the most part a solo project Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah
0: on your previous uh two releases um did you have a lot of guest features on those
2: I had more. I would definitely say more and that's when me and him were doing like half of my album was with with him, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Cuz that was more like all right, I love doing these. Mm-hmm. I like to work as a team too. That mm-hmm. as that's what I like to do. I like to collab and do things like that. So, I thought we made a lot of songs together and including even in Texas's album, uh I was featured on like like three or four of those or something, so
0: it seems like uh that infinity provides like that secret weapon that that stage support and yeah, also definitely. comes through with the with the a different style of lyrics that kind of takes the audience by surprise which might add to a stage presence what do you think
3: well uh, i'll take that i think it's one of my favorite things to do is i'll get on stage or i'll say something like y'all ain't ready for this Mick lovin looking dude to start rapping are you and then they kind of look at me like i'm crazy and I, what i like to do a lot of the time is i'll do an acapella right. first you know what i mean mm-hmm. and if i'm kind of uh i like self-deprecating humor so i'll you know i'll crack jokes up there too but it is a secret weapon i think because they sort of look more like uh, your typical rapper you know the way yeah. they dress it mm-hmm. shows and things like that and i just look like some guy so yeah. i i think it is <laughs> a bit of a secret weapon i think that's a fair way to put it it is yeah. it's a great way to say it honestly
0: yeah, so when are we going to see a, a solo project from Infinity? That's what we
3: need. Man, I have probably six songs that I'm sitting on right now um, that's only released on one platform called Rap Fame, uh, which I would highly encourage any up-and-coming artists to look into. They have contests every week. The winner gets $500. Mm-hmm. Dexodus is one a few, a lot of them actually. Uh, Profit's one a few. I've placed a few times. And that really gave me the fire to start solo songwriting again. So I would say by June or July, I should have a solo project out. I'm coming up with a name now.
0: That's what's up. You mentioned Dexodus, we interviewed him uh, previously, and uh, he was talking about his accolades and the award he received with uh, with that app. How would you say that as a movement, TME, how does he fit into that picture?
2: I, I would say he he has his own thing like on that app too. We're all on it, and we mm-hmm. all do our own thing, but he is just next level on the app, and, and I give it to him there because, like I said, it's weekly contests, and he's very active on it and um, very consistent, and that's very key. That's called rap and fame? Yes, rap okay. fame. Okay. And I think
3: a big thing about what Dex does for us is he brings... I don't think he would take offense to me saying this he brings a mainstream sound to Mm -hmm. tme balance a a poppier sound a more popular sound that you hear nowadays that quite frankly i'm and dave's just not quite capable of pulling off the way that dex is Mm -hmm. he just has this certain tone to his voice that we just don't so i think he brought that to the table yeah sounds
0: like a nice balanced team there you you have you're touching on a few different uh subgenres and different sounds there so overall it it would make for a a diverse product and uh, that's definitely pleasing to a lot of different fans. Now as far as any upcoming shows that you have or events, we definitely want to touch on your social media presence and how people can listen to you online and get a hold of you.
2: Um, Yeah, we have a, a couple upcoming shows, I know we have one in Fort Wayne at The Ruin, on uh, April 29th. And then we're also locking in um, one in May. We don't have a date yet. But i um, working on getting one at Be Here Now, doing a, mm-hmm. a cross-genre show, having like a hip-hop uh, and rock, and that'll be pretty dope.
3: Nice. The big news with TME is what we're going to be doing in June. Yeah. Now, we are still working on it, but we are working on a 10-day tour. Um, there's a guy, I'm not going to say his name, but we opened up for a guy, and he contacting me for a 10-day tour going all the way to colorado to texas to memphis nice all over the place so we're still getting it locked in so i don't want to say exact dates but sometime in june tme is looking to hit the country so
0: that's got to be exciting for you guys yeah definitely i'm sure it feels like uh hard work is paying off when you get an opportunity to pop up like that absolutely yeah definitely so uh as far as how long you've been doing this that'll bring me to my next question i guess as far as the long hard road to this 10-day tour getting set up how long have you guys been on the grind as a team as far as uh, maybe not since you've added Dexodus he's more of a recent addition but as TME the entity itself how long have you guys been
3: grinding out I think Day Prophet needs to speak on that one because um I think it needs to be understood that it has not just been me him and Dex this whole time he has went through a litany of artists through TME, yeah, so I'll let really? you go from there. Yeah, yeah. So
2: we've had lots of people in and out. Like I said, I started, um, started it all actually with one of my one of my buddies, and he, we had a little falling out. And then I had a another another guy come in, and he was just like a coworker. And then mm-hmm. that was, but this is also when I was a little younger, didn't take it as serious yet. Right. And um, had some more just friends really coming in and out. The picture mm-hmm. with of TME. Then I bought, once I got uh, Infinity in, we also went through, we had another two artists um, locally here. Mm. Still shout out to them, Slim Kai and Chakra. Um, But they just, that it didn't work out. It just didn't work as a team necessarily. So Mm. I've, yeah, I've, I've had to go through and have my fair amount of artists, but I stuck with Infinity for and then once dexodus came into the picture it was yeah it was like i I figured that that full little trio is all i needed for the time being because once i you know realized what it was as how we are as a team was great collectively and then i am still willing to add on right it's just yeah i gotta be got to be very selective
3: i think it's important for artists and people to know too that um just because we we are a team don't get me wrong but just because we look like we're all love and smiles on stage behind the scenes it gets hectic sometimes you know right. like we are brothers like we have had our own ups and downs as well yeah. mm-hmm. but we have come through all that and I think at the end of the day this this is the forever team. Yeah those are the trials and tribulations
0: of uh, any team whether it be work or art sometimes you bump heads and I think that makes for better art if you can get through it on the other side of an argument with uh, a better understanding and a better product that works out best for everyone yeah so uh, as far as social media presence where can uh, potential fans uh, find you online Instagram Facebook
2: yeah uh, pretty much anything yeah Instagram uh, Facebook just um, TME it's Troublemakers, ENT, if you wanna follow the, uh, the whole page for that, we also mm-hmm. have our individuals. Mine pretty much on every platform is at Profit TME, and that is P-R-O-P-H-I-T, T-M-E, and um, you can find that on pretty much anything, and same with uh, Infinity here, it's pretty much just Infinity, T-M-E, typical way to spell it, I-N-F-I-N-I-T-Y, T-M-E, and that's, that's where you can up. get us. So how many uh, shows would you say you have under your belt as a, as a group? oh man we it's it's hard to even keep count at this point truly because mm-hmm. we have done an insane amount one one to two hundred easily under our belt mm-hmm. as a uh, profit and infinity um Dex under the group has probably been as a collective of all three of us probably i'd say 50 in that range um and uh we yeah we've done a lot we've opened for a lot of big names we've opened for um ghost main uh who all who all have we opened chris webby we've opened for uh twisted insane mike jones um Zoe, i don't know if i said that already um a couple other more uh, tom mcdonald lots of other big names but um we like to do a lot of local shows here too and show support to all the local artists and uh i think we we've been doing some good stuff so uh out of all these shows this long catalog of shows which one or ones would you say are your favorites Mine, personally, I would have to say that Ghost because like I said, that inspired me so heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had local shows that we had one called uh, Straight Out of Quarantine, basically right when mm-hmm. everything changed. Uh, and we got a, the mask lift the first time and everything. And yeah. um, that was an amazing show because that was when everyone wanted to come out. And right. uh, we hosted that and it was an amazing show. I remember
3: that very vividly. For me, I'll go two different categories, as far as the bigger you know, Emerson shows and opening up for people. For me personally, it was probably Tom McDonald. I know he gets a lot of hate, but uh, that was an amazing show. He got off stage and was rapping in the crowd. We got a great response from the crowd, the best we've probably ever gotten at a a big show like that. But I would actually have to say we had a show called Bring the City Out 3, and we still have footage of that on YouTube. And you want to talk about a crowd getting lit. I mean, my glasses fell off and got broken. We had people throwing (laughs) elbows in the crowd. Oh, yeah. And we got video of all of it on YouTube. So that that, that was probably my favorite show out the of show all of them
0: <laughs> now see when the shows get hyped like that that's where you classified it how did you classify it earlier you said tra- mosh trap trap mosh <laughs> yeah, yeah
3: yeah, it's like mosh trap music <laughs> yeah yeah it, it got pretty wild that was
2: one that was thrown by uh gerald <coughs> b shout out gerald b too yeah, yeah. is yeah. he gerald. still in cali yeah, yeah he he's still, still in cali
0: yeah yeah some of the people you mentioned before uh gerald b dub ducey they've uh we've done events with them in uh the acoustic room here in muncie oh yeah yeah i've uh been doing those no shows i was on, on some of
3: those shows back in today if you remember right oh yeah yeah definitely. yeah he probably and was actually we go way back and we did it we
0: actually did a show together at the basement Palooza I believe it was when I had the band so uh in terms of uh these shows right I mean it's great to perform and uh it's it's exciting to get booked for that next show yeah um when do you guys feel like you're going to cross that threshold into getting the paid shows and living off the music because I know it's a, it's difficult sometimes for being an independent artist to balance work and and art and everybody is aiming towards that target of living off your art. How far away do you think that goal is from you right
2: now? I would say we're we're actually pretty close to it because once we get, like we said, he mentioned that that tour opportunity. I think that can really open us up to definitely the crowd nationwide and then once we can get that more and then bring the numbers up and prove to people who we really are and that's all we really need and I think it's doable in the near future
3: I think um, this might surprise a lot of people and it it usually does when I tell them this um personally I don't care to make money off of my art I I personally don't care to uh, live off of my music Uh, if I can get any opportunity to make people happy perform make songs for me not for anyone else if it happens it happens that's truly how I feel about it
2: I can relate to that that. yeah
3: you definitely
0: have to uh when you go into it you have to come from a base like that that's for sure because that's the passion of the art you know you got to have that as a foundation or else the rest of it doesn't really make any sense you'll be unhappy when you become successful so you got to have that passion for the art and creativity
3: and that's a great thing about these new platforms like rap fame because i mean dexodus has got to pay a few of his bills off of rap money you know yeah. what i mean so. Right.
2: so there's other ways not you know yeah definitely, definitely other way yeah too, so.
0: there's all kinds of money in the in the music business especially in this day and age there's lots of ways yeah. to get it and uh it's great to see uh local artists in pursuit of their dreams always here on the corner cast is there anything else you guys would like to say to our listeners
3: man just if there's any other local artists listening man like don't let anybody tell you anything like i said uh the way i look whenever i go on stage you know i look literally like i cannot rap i look like i don't know the first thing about hip-hop <clears throat> and i'm actually like a hip-hop historian so um look if, if y'all are thinking about doing it just try it man like do not be afraid to do it. Prophet was a little afraid to get on stage, now it's his favorite thing to do, so.
2: Yeah, and I would, if I had to say anything, I would really just say, pretty much the same, just keep doing what you're doing, if you wanna do this, do it, and um, stay positive, because I know we have ups and downs, you're gonna go through ups and downs in the, in, the, in the music business too, especially when you do that, you may not like everything you do, and that's okay, you just keep making, you keep making, you keep making them, and every day is progress definitely every day's progress and (laughs) work ethic is it matters tremendously
0: you know um do what you do but be obsessive about it and that's how you evolve is being obsessive because the volume of your work is going to cause you to transform with time because you're correcting mistakes exactly thanks for coming through guys tme yes sir Welcome to the CornerCast. This is John Coffee with another special guest for our local focus segment. Uh, today we're going to be talking to Lethe uh the owner and operator of John Tom's Barbecue. It's a uh, locally based barbecue sauce brand that has been picking up steam over the years, no pun intended. And uh, we're going to talk to him about his background in uh, reporting and broadcasting as well. How you doing today, Lethe? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Doing great, doing great. Um, the first thing I wanted to ask you about since this is a podcast and it is a form of broadcasting is uh, your background as a uh, reporter and broadcaster um, for Star Press in particular but you told me before the uh, interview that you've also worked elsewhere but due to the fact that you know this is local focus we'd like to talk a little bit about Star Press and uh, mm-hmm. your your job duties there and, and how, how you enjoyed that job.
4: Um, okay yeah I well before the Star Press I, I uh, started my broadcast um, career in Quincy, Illinois mm-hmm. um, after I graduated from Indiana University. And so uh, from Quincy, I went to Milwaukee and uh, and then after Milwaukee, I, I landed back here in my hometown um, to start the barbecue sauce business. So that's what kind of led me to a job at the Star Press. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I, I definitely enjoyed uh, my years uh broadcasting and and working for the star press um it's something that i i started becoming interested in in high school Mm -hmm. so when i went to iu i knew what i wanted to do for a career right so i took that path um but being able to come back home and kind of you know showcase my talents uh that i had been doing the past seven years on television to my hometown man was was pretty pretty awesome definitely yeah i i i absolutely enjoyed it. When I, when I started with the Star Press, um, they were just getting into online video. Um, and so it was just perfect timing on, on my part, uh, moving back and, and looking, you know, for, for a job. Right. And so <clears throat> once I, you know, interviewed with them and they told me what they were looking for, I, I was like, I'm, I'm your guy. Yeah, like, like, that's that's what my I'm, specialty. That's, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know and I, I like the fact that they they kind of they let me lead because of my my experience mm-hmm. um, and expertise in the field um and they let me kind of build um a department so um I, I told them that what i wanted to do was just do my broadcast style reporting um for the online newspaper right and once we did that man it just it took off and me people were Interested and, 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 uh, you know, some people like feel like Muncie has her own little TV, TV station. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. I loved it. So, what originally attracted you to the, uh, the field of broadcasting? Man, to be honest, and I've asked myself that, man, and to be honest with you, I really, it really, I think it was something instilled in me at a young age. I remember watching the news with my grandparents all mm-hmm. the time. And, uh, you know, the older I got and, you know, I would, I honestly, I would be fascinated with, you know, the, the, the people who look like me who were doing that job, right, you know, right. Derek Thomas at you know yeah. WRTV, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, Stacia Matthews. And yeah. um, when I got in, uh, you know, got to high school in, in, you know some of those mass media classes and stuff were available it it really piqued my interest in that i was like man i I would really love to do that but i always thought of it as like this dream job that you Mm -hmm. know is it's a dream i don't know if that can really you know really happen but um i went on the iu man and and got enrolled in the the journalism school and started realizing no i really can do this you know and uh yeah that's kind of how i sparked my interest
0: that's really inspirational to uh look at that um overall picture from a young child watching the news and saying hey you know what that's that's interesting and that's amazing and that's you know and then as you grow you you are eventually that person that you looked at on the tv screen that's that's really cool so uh when it comes to Milwaukee, your background in Wisconsin—was that where you did TV broadcasting? You said,
4: "Yeah." So the, my first job was in Quincy, Illinois. Quincy, um, and it's all the way west. If you in the, if you were in the center of Illinois and just went all the way west until you got to the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. that's where Quincy was. We sat right up on a bluff, uh, and you—if you crossed the bridge, you were in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so so
0: so as far as uh, broadcasting, tell me a little bit more of the breakdown of that because I'm. I'm slightly familiar with with that world, but how often do, is it like? Uh, do they send you out when there's a story just randomly? Do you have like? Is it planned out weekly or? You know, how sometimes
4: they have like a breaking news story. Did you, right. Were you involved in stuff like that? Absolutely. That it, honestly, that was. Uh, I think that was the most fun part of yeah. the job to me. I loved. I grew to love breaking news. At first it was nerve wracking because, yeah. you know, um, being new to that career um, right. and you've never gone live before. I mean, I can still remember my very first live shot. Uh, it was a, it was a small plane crash um, mm-hmm. in the outskirts of, of Quincy, a privately owned plane. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where like, hey, well, uh Yeah, we need you to go and you know i was kind of like deer in the headlights at first (laughs) because i was like okay so i had to run out with um you know a cameraman and live truck and and i mean i was a nervous wreck because this i'm like you know this is my first time going live and thousands of eyes are about to be on me right Right, now and uh i did okay um I, i i made a few hiccups but I I did okay. Hey, the first time, you know? Yeah, yep. It got better with time, I'm sure. It did. I I mean, I got to the point where, you know, it was like, okay, live shot, let's go do it. What's your most memorable uh, news story that you were involved in during your your career as a a broadcaster? Uh, When I covered, uh, when I interviewed Barack Obama. Oh yeah. um, He was running for senator at the time Mm -hmm. um, against Alan Keyes. I knew who Alan Keys was just because, you know, uh, we had studied, you know, from right. college, you know, learning about Alan Keyes. I always thought Alan Keyes was hilarious. He was yeah. a funny dude to me. And so I knew I was gonna be in, uh, interviewing Alan Keys, mm-hmm. but um one day was in the newsroom and uh, our assignment editor said, Hey LaFay, would you like to interview Barack Obama? And I said, Interview who? <laughs> and she said, Barack Obama and I said, Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, you know, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't really up on Illinois right. politics, right. you know, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know who Barack Obama was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she kind of felt, well, he's, he's you know, he's running for Senate against Alan Keyes and he's African-American. And I said, yeah, I'll interview him. yeah, And, uh, man, I'll never forget. Um, he came down, he, he was doing a river tour, Mississippi mm-hmm. River tour. And so Quincy was, you know, on that tour. Mm-hmm. And so we were all down um on the riverfront waiting for his caravan to arrive and one thing about politicians is Mm -hmm. we always knew you can count on them being about an hour late for everything (laughs) any interview and so you know all the media was down there and you know we all knew each other different stations newspaper and stuff and we're just talking and you know uh, talking about what 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 time y'all think they're really gonna get here (laughs) and his bus arrived three minutes early I never forget because we were we were all like that's them they they're here you know and uh this is my first time laying eyes on Barack man and he gets off the off the van and the people swarm him and I'm sitting back like who is this dude (laughs) and they swarm him and he's shaking hands and everybody's like when are you running for president when are you running and i'm like who is who is this dude like i don't i'm not aware of who he is and so i just watched and i watched people's reactions to him and i was like okay i need to i need to you know learn who this guy is because apparently he's very important and i don't know it right yeah so
0: how, how long after that, when he began running for president, how, how much later was that when that occurred?
4: So that when I interviewed him, that was in 2004, mm. I want to say 2003, 2004 mm. is when he was running for Senate. Um, and here's the crazy thing, man. Uh, so I got a, a one-on-one interview with him. And as I'm interviewing him, one of the guys who worked at my station, It's snapping pictures, right? He's taking pictures, right? And so I left Quincy in 2004, right before the election of 2004, because I got a new job in Milwaukee and they wanted me to get there for election time. Uh So I moved to Milwaukee. I'm there for a couple years. And then when I moved back to Muncie um, and working for the Star Press, Mm -hmm. Barack Obama is running for president. And he came to Muncie. I remember he he came came to to Muncie. Muncie. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. So when I learned he was coming to Muncie, I'm telling everybody in the newsroom, I've interviewed him before. (laughs) So I reached out to the guy that I worked with who was snapping pictures. Uh I said, Mikey, please tell me you still have a picture of me interviewing Barack Obama. He said, yeah, I still got him. I said, will you please send those to me? So he sent me those pictures and I'm showing everybody. (laughs) So, um, the newspapers, the Star Press, mm-hmm. asked me, would you like to interview Barack again? I said, mm-hmm. absolutely, he ain't yeah. running for president this time. And this time you knew. <laughs> this time I knew who <laughs> Barack Obama was. And so, uh, yeah, man, I got, to, I got to interview him at Ball State. And, oh, that's what's said, definitely. Uh, I said, uh, I said um, uh, Mr. Obama, I, I, surely you don't remember me. I said, but I interviewed you when you were running for Senate and you stopped in Quincy, Illinois. He said, oh, yeah. What are you doing here? <laughs> I, said, I said, "Well, this is my hometown, and I moved back since then, and I'm now working for the paper." Yeah, but that, yeah, that that has to be my most uh, most memorable. Experience. Yeah, that's definitely a, a good story right
0: there. I mean, coming for, full circle almost. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, now, I do definitely want to talk about uh, your entrepreneurship mm-hmm. with your. Uh, barbecue sauce brand is called John Tom's Barbecue. Yes. If you'd like to give a little background on that journey and how that all came to be and uh, the inspiration
4: behind it. You know, I have uh, the short story, the medium story, and the long story, but for the sake of time, I, I won't give you the long story, okay. but it's it's crazy because, you know, just like I, I uh, you know, attribute my broadcast career, starting with my grandparents, mm-hmm. this is the same thing. Right. Um, John Tom is my grandpa, mm-hmm. uh, the same grandpa who I used to watch the news with. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was from uh, Mississippi and uh, he and all his family, you know, they moved north during the Great Migration right. um, and uh, they, they first landed in Indianapolis and then a lot of them came over here to Muncie Mm -hmm. uh, because of the, you know, the factory jobs were plentiful. So um, this is where my grandpa, you know, kind of, you know, uh, landed and started his roots and grew his family was in Muncie. Mm -hmm. Well, what my grandpa brought from Mississippi with him was just this passion, this love for barbecue. Mm -hmm. He was good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, He he actually had um, on the side of his house, he had poured a slab and, had a a brick a huge brick smoker built by hand i said i remember watching that as a kid um Mm -hmm. he and the guys working on it um but that's how much he loved barbecue and you know he would sell dinners on the weekend you know some free weekends he would get up bright and early and fire that smoker up and sell Mm -hmm. dinners out of his house well he had this secret sauce um that he would make and you know I spent so much time with my grandpa when i was a kid that usually when he was making it i was right there by him you right know? and so <clears throat> i kind of grew up with that and uh when i was 11 my grandpa passed away um, for a heart attack and i think that's when we realized that he never wrote that recipe down mm. for his barbecue sauce so um fast forward man and i'm you know going to school at indiana university and. Uh, I was down there going to school during the summer um, one year and I was grilling and this bright idea popped in my head to try to make my grandpa sauce. Um, and so I, you know, I knew the ingredients, but I didn't know the formula. And right. So um, I go to the store, I, I buy all the ingredients and go home and just start throwing stuff in the pot. Right. And man, this really sparked an interest in me. Because um, of course I didn't get it, but I was like, I'm gonna crack this code, right, um, right. And so, man, I carried that with me, man, over the next five years. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get my recipe down until I was living in Quincy, Illinois. So that's mm-hmm. after I graduated from mm-hmm. IU and moved. You know, this entrepreneurship, this idea,
0: it was running right alongside your career. It was. Uh, yeah. So that's one thing that I had. I just had a music guest on here not too long ago juan and uh he he's involved in some real estate and Mm -hmm. that's one thing that i like to say to independent artists or musicians is that it's always important to have some business acumen or something to fall back on
4: no you i mean you're right about that um and i think to 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 your point man um entrepreneurs to tell you that, you know, I think a lot of people fantasize about being an entrepreneur and feel like, okay, I can provide this product or service and I could just quit my job and I can Mm -hmm. just go into that and then, you know, I'm going to be successful. Man, you, most of that time, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to have an income coming in because, uh, you know, entrepreneurs know uh, depending on what you're selling, um, you know, it takes a while to, to turn a profit and right. to start making money. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, when I was work, when I started working for the star press, man, um, I had, that wasn't a, until a year after I had started this business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I start realizing like, okay, you know, uh, my package that, you know, the, the, my last job had given me it started to run low and mm-hmm. uh i need a job so right. that's why i you know i went and you know, seek some some opportunities at the star press but right. um you know people need to know that you know if if you get into entrepreneurship man you know you're you're probably gonna have to work some type of job right to, to to you know keep the lights on while you're trying to build this business and also to feed and invest into the business you absolutely know? so when I got to Quincy um uh, I you know I still I'm still trying to I'm still trying to make this this sauce that I'm okay. I'm to and I had my little tablet and so I'd be like batch thirty you know mm-hmm. and then. I would record what I did and then I'd taste it and be like, okay, nah mm-hmm. I just need something or I need to take something out. So I, I totally stopped trying to make my grandfather's right. exact sauce because I was onto something. Like right. I was on to something. that was good. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm just gonna stick stick with this. Right. Um and so I finally got a recipe that I was happy. I was satisfied. I was like, this is good. Like right. to me. Yep. So I tell you what I did. Um, I invited one weekend, I invited all of my co- coworkers over from mm-hmm. the, the, the news station. And I mean, I grilled up a bunch of meat. Mm-hmm. And so, um, none of them knew that I had been working on this, this, uh, sauce cause it was just a hobby. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I invited them over. It's probably about 15 people over and I set a ball jar of my sauce on the table with the me, meat, and I went and found a corner and I just chilled and sat back because I wanted some honest opinions. Right. I didn't want to announce, hey, yes. this is a sauce I created. Yeah. I want y'all to taste it. Right. Tell me what y'all think. I didn't want to lead anybody. Right. I just sat it on a table and went and sat in the corner. And I was like, I'm going to wait to see if somebody says something. And so, I, mean, I tell this story all the time. Uh, there's this intern we had um, mm-hmm. from Northwestern and she's a vegetarian Mm -hmm. and she's standing in the kitchen with a plate of Lay's plain potato chips Mm -hmm. and some of the sauce on the side. And she's just dipping chips in the sauce and that's all she's eating. She was the first person that spoke up and she asked what it was because this is the best barbecue sauce she's ever had. And I still didn't say anything. And so I let other people chime in and they were asking me, yeah, what is this? Where can I get this? (laughs) And so that's when I, you know dispose that hey i mean i invited y'all over here because that's my barbecue sauce <laughs> i created and they didn't believe me. a lot of people didn't believe me i said no i'm serious that i created that and i i invited y'all over here just to get some honest opinions on it what y'all think so they were like you got to do something with this one day right yeah and that's when the motor mm-hmm. really start running like okay mm-hmm. i got a product that people like what right. could i do with this one day so yeah it's just like with musicians or with art you know, to have someone appreciate your work is, is, is a great feeling. Man, what people don't understand, it takes courage for an artist, you know, a musician, to even put your your creation out there for right. people to judge. Right. Like, there's a lot of people who scared to do that part. Right. You know, and if you have if you have, I mean, I could've put my barbecue sauce out there and a lot of people been like, Man, this is nasty. <laughs> I mean, I took that That's change. That's the risk, yeah. That's the risk. And 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 my hat's off to, you know, the musicians and the artists and anybody out there that creates and are bold enough to put their product out there for people right. to judge. Yeah, definitely. It definitely takes courage. I mean, there's a lot of people that that
0: sometimes fear success. I ran into a few mm-hmm. of them, and, mm-hmm. and part of that fear comes from self-doubt, you know? Yeah. So you definitely got to believe in yourself in order to succeed. I did want to make sure that the listeners know where they could uh, find your products uh, online or, you know, if there's any social media you'd like to share.
4: Yeah. So um, uh, our website is... Uh, John Tom's. That's J O H N T O M S B B Q dot com. Um, and on there, we have a tab called Find Us, and it has a list of stores that carry our sauce. Um, we're kind of we're out there, man. We're we're kind of all over the place. Um, we're in about forty-five Kroger stores. Um, we're in some Target stores. We're in some 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 uh, Fresh Time stores. Mm-hmm. And then we're in a lot of you know butcher shops, and mom and pop shops, so we're we're kind of dispersed out there. People can find us. And what,
0: what are some of the? Uh, I was looking at the website earlier. What are some of the the flavors that are uh, most popular
4: right now? Of your, I noticed you have a few different different so, flavors. Okay, so we have four flavors, and one is the John Tom's original, which is it's a it's a sweet sweet smoky sauce, um, and then Sneaky Hot is our most popular. It's it sells the most. Um, People are scared of it because of the name, Mm -hmm. Um, but it really is not hot. Uh, It's just a little warm on the end. Right. Um, And then Hoosier Heat, we created because a lot of people were saying, hey, love the Sneaky Hot, but it could be hotter. Right. So we created Hoosier Heat, um, and that's that's going to give you a nice little kick. And then last May, Um, we introduced a new sauce. We, after listening years to our customer base, telling us to create a mustard based sauce. Mm -hmm. So we created what's called pepper gold and it's, it's our version of that. That's a South Carolina style sauce. They Mm -hmm. use mustard as a base. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we created, created that and introduced it in May and man, it has taken off. So now, uh, dude.
0: with your different flavors, do you have advisors or a team that works on this? Uh, is, are you
4: mostly the source of all of these new ideas, or uh... yeah? So the the first three are all mine. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the the uh, the one we just introduced, the Pepper Gold, we actually did work alongside with um, our our manufacturer uh-huh. and created that one. Nice. Um, so with their food scientist, and you know, we just kind of put our heads together and we ended up coming up with what we call Pemperco. Nice. yeah. Well, it was a pleasure speaking to you and I've, I've learned a lot about
0: the process of uh, food manufacturing. I've always wondered when I when I go shopping and look at the shelf, you know, the, the ins and outs of the manufacturing and distribution of those products, because I'm just, I think like that, you know, especially those of you that are listening that want to get involved in uh, any field of business, whether it be, Art, music, or even uh, food manufacturing and distribution. There's there's a process, and learning the process helps you become successful because you know what you're investing in. Um, It's good talking to you, and we'll have you back. All right, man. Thanks, Lathe Pagues. We have a special guest today on the Cornercast, and that is Darla Gaskins. Um, She works in the guest services department of Cornerstone Center for the Arts. And she's also an artist here. She has an art gallery coming up this year. Um, How are you doing today, Darla?
5: I'm doing well, how are you doing?
0: Doing great. Um, Could you start off by letting us know how you got interested in Cornerstone Center for the Arts?
5: Absolutely. So for my high school years, I was sick and bedridden for about three or four years and so i never really got the um, social experience that a teenager should have at that age
0: it's like your entire high school years
5: exactly right? like i didn't get to to date or hmm. just do any of the fun stuff that teenagers did mm-hmm. and so um, i really love to do art love drawing so my mom Told me about these about this building, Cornerstone Center for the Arts, mm-hmm. and told me I could take drawing classes there. So she went and she got me a pamphlet from the building, and I opened it up and I see uh, this manga class from Leon Crosby, who mm-hmm. is now my boss and he's like a father to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was that was perfect for me. I would love to do that. I love to draw characters. I would love to draw. Um, Graphic novels, right? And so that was immediately like the thing for me. Right. I started classes there with Leon, and I continued taking classes for about four years with him. Oh yeah. And he one day out of blue just offered me a job as a receptionist there.
0: What are some of your favorite like manga that you grew up reading? Are there is there any particular one, or do you just enjoy the style?
5: Um, when I first started reading it. I read like every manga book that they had at the school library right and then when I got to like the Muncie Public Library I would try just one of everything right and then I read all of the the fairy tale manga books right and that instantly instantly was like you got to do fantasy right get into fantasy do that but I also love um, black Butler Mm -hmm. uh, the ancient Mage's bride soul Mm -hmm. eater
0: did these books uh, greatly influence your style of art? Absolutely. Um, so you have like a fantasy type way of drawing?
5: Yes, I prefer fantasy uh, kind of more over sci-fi. I couldn't really get into sci-fi as much, but I love to do fantasy or draw um, characters with dragons. and.
0: How, how do you feel about the guest services department?
5: I love it here. And I can agree. Everyone here is just a family. We're all good friends. and. You just get along really well.
0: I see that you have a art gallery coming up in November. Yes. Um, you told me earlier before the interview that uh, that's gonna be involving sculpture more so than than uh, drawing.
5: Yes. My uh, last uh, gallery that I did was all paintings mm-hmm. and I feel like I have been burnt out on mm-hmm. paintings. So I wanted to do um, incorporate more of the clay and sculpture work that I've been doing in the last year into this gallery
0: nice is there a name for the gallery
5: right now it's called scritches
0: scritches and you said that involved uh stuffed animals could you tell me a little bit more about that
5: so i take these i take stuffed animals um
0: like teddy bears
5: yes i take teddy bears and kind of it sounds awful but i cut their (laughs) faces off (laughs) Cut their faces off, which
0: no, but it's real creative and unique. It's, <laughs> it's not awful. It really is. That <laughs> you got to sacrifice, <laughs> sacrifice to win. Sometimes
5: exactly. It's, it's it's an art piece. Yeah. So I take their faces off and I kind of create a new face that is much more artistic and it shows a lot more emotion and color to it. Right. And it could have like studs in it. It could have horns in it. Things like that. And it's. Um, Put onto the to the animal base, mm-hmm. and then decorated with like ribbons or, uh, or that sounds bells. very
0: interesting. Are you going to be selling these? Yes. Okay, nice. I'll be sure to check that out. We're going to have some pictures posted on cornerstonearts.org. And uh, you said you did another gallery. Was that you said that was a your paintings? Yes. Some fantasy paintings.
5: Yes, that was uh, last year, last July, I believe.
0: How'd that go for you?
5: That went really well. We had a lot of people show up, and I sold nine paintings Nice. out of uh, a full 20.
0: The actual art gallery art show is the first Thursday of every month, right? Yes. So we'll stay tuned for that in November, and we'll probably have you back to talk some more about that. Is there anything else you'd like to say?
5: Come to Cornerstone Center for the Arts if you love art or love dancing, if you have a passion you can thrive here we're definitely all a family we're all a community and you probably know our staff around muncie
0: definitely well thanks for coming through darla oh, and we'll you have you having having back me. no problem cornerstone center for the arts offers opportunities for creative expression for all through community and rental spaces in a historic setting Thousands of area residents attend events, wedding and civic events, in addition to taking classes in art, dance, and music. For additional information, go to cornerstonearts.org or call 765-281-9503.